Hello and welcome to another Dr. Supercoach podcast. I'm joined back by Pistol. How are we, mate? I'm very good, thank you. Uh, how are you doing, JB? Yeah, I'm doing well, actually. I'm coming off a decent week with um, 23.50, and that includes carrying people like Rockliffe, who's just infuriating me at the moment. Um, with that decent week came four lost spots in the rankings down to 197, which is just a bit of uh, nothingness, really. Um, what about yourself? Oh, no. Guess what I've done, JB? Guess what I've done? Uh-oh. I did not captain Dangerfield this week. Um, oh, pistol. <laughs> which has... Uh, look, listen, hear me out. It's probably, in hindsight, it's still not great logic, but I'm going to try and justify <laughs> it as uh, well as I can. What I had expected to happen is um, to Sam Reed to play with some sort of run with or tagging role of Dangerfield, given Selwood was out. And I thought, obviously, you can't stop Dangerfield. He's probably still going to score 130. But if he's only going to score 130, there has to be no safer option than Zach Merritt, right? Against Brisbane, they're going to kill Brisbane under the roof at Etihad. None of that was true. Um, they lost. It wasn't under the roof. The roof was open. And <laughs> and he scored like 92 or something. Um, so I lost over 100 points, um, which was pretty pretty bad. Um, still scored 2250, but no, I fall into um, just inside the top 1K, which has just been... Oh yeah, I've I've pretty much gone from ju- from the just inside two hundred to just inside two k one k in only two weeks. So yeah, I'm free falling at the moment, which is uh, unbelievably bad. So I'm pretty disappointed with that that effort. Yeah, it's um it's been a fall from grace. But my advice to you would just be uh, whack this in on danger, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we're we'll kind of jump into the round recap. We are, uh, we're both actually a little bit under the weather this week, so um, it's not going to be a super extensive podcast. But we will smash through the round recap and get to all the talking topics. Um, before we get to that, though, Pistol, uh, the Melbourne versus Sydney game. In this came a tribunal decision today, and that is Tom Bug six weeks. What are your thoughts? Um, I think that's probably a fair call, a good call. Um, I think uh, there's been a lot of discussion during the week about this red card. Um, people are saying it's unfair because Bugs are going to miss the, the next six games, which helps um, their, the Demons' opponents, but it didn't really help Sydney on the night where they had to play one man down uh, for the whole night, which I think I do agree with. Um, the only problem is, obviously, if you know the umpires get it wrong, then you're sending off somebody who might get off at the tribunal, and then they're just down for no reason. So um, I'm not really sure how they're going to judge it, but I think the safe way is... Don't do it immediately. Maybe come to them at the quarter time and only make um, the red card decisions at the end of every break rather than immediately. Um, I think that's probably more fair than just um, sending someone off straight away. At least they've got time to review the decision and make uh, the most educated decision possible. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of sense in this red card um, scenario. I think I'm, I'm I'm a little bit more traditional. I'm, I'm a lot of... Um, keep our game the way it is. Uh, it is unfortunate what happened to Mills, but I think we're reacting to something that happens once, maybe twice a year. So um, it's a very unique situation. I don't think this red card thing coming in will help that. I think people will still have brain fades. And as far as the sending off rule, if, if it only helps one or two games, I don't think there's any reason to complicate things further um, with bringing in this rule, especially considering how many grey areas our game already has. What's a send off? What's not a send off? And I mean, it, it'll become very, very confusing. But having said that, I think the six weeks is definitely the right call. I think it had to be more than five. Um, it definitely had to eclipse Hooley's um, ban. Not that there's any comparison there, but um, a lot of people were saying. It was um it was a lot worse than Hulu's, which I I do kind of agree with. So the the six weeks makes sense to me. I think it was um the right decision was made at the time. A pity Bug didn't get any character references down to the tribunal pistol. <laughs> let's no let's just uh, leave leave it at that, JB. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no more jokes. Um, we'll jump straight into the round recap, and it was Luke Parker. Definitely a return to form. He's had a couple of good weeks in a row now. He's only 510k with 130 points this week, 129 to be exact. 38 disposals, 6 marks, 6 tackles, and a goal to top it all off, Pistol. Luke Parker looks back, and at 510k, he looks like he's got a lot of value as well. No, he's he's in incredible form. Um, I wasn't sure that he was truly back, given his scores um, before this have pretty much been sub-110, even though they're just um, hovering at the 100 mark. But this was the first game where 
Um, I've watched all of Sydney's games, and he he looks unbelievable. Like he was getting the ball everywhere, and he basically just looked like Luke Parker of old. So um, I think it's quite fair to say if you if you need a cheap primo, um, he'd be I think the one to watch, especially at five ten k. It's a it's a very nice nice price there, um, especially someone that's capable of going 110. Um, I don't think he will go 110, but I think he will be a great option for those that pick him now. Yeah, I think he, with a player that's 5'10 and has been uh, just very inconsistent throughout the year, well, he's been consistently bad, actually. He hasn't even been inconsistent. I do think he's a little bit of a safe option considering how well he came home last uh, year as well. So he's making this a bit of a habit, and uh, I genuinely think if you pick him, you'll be having a good premium option for the rest of the year and at a very cheap price. So Lance Franklin in this one had the 19 disposals, 11 marks, 4 goals, 122. He's back in a big way as well. He had a couple of down weeks before this. At 440k, for some bizarre reason, you're upgrading your last forward pistol. He looks like a, a very valued option, although his inconsistencies have been a lot more up and down this year. Yeah, 440k though, I mean, basically, he's really cheap. You've got Tom Lynch... Um, who I guess we can talk about a bit later. That's that's very cheap. I think I'd prefer Barty at this stage. He has Gold Coast at home next week at the SCG. He looked incredibly good. He could honestly kick a massive bag. Um, I'm looking forward to having him, and he's probably uh, might find find a VC. Maybe my C option. Maybe I'll choose him over Dangerfield. What do you think about that? <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was waiting for the Dangerfield. If you didn't say the Dangerfield joke, I was going to. Um, a player a player that has been very, very consistent for us is Michael Hibbard. So 110 from him. And he's eclipsed 30 disposals again, Pistol. He seems to be doing this week in and week out. Oh, this one was quite peculiar and it was hilarious. Um, I should just say my internet's crashed, so I've got nothing in front of me right now. I've lost all, all the scores, JB, so um, I'm just going to have to do most of this by memory. But um, I know Swans did kick um, a hell of a lot of behinds. I think they had something like 16 at halftime or something uh, ridiculous, and he was on most of the kickout duty. So I think we were a bit fortunate that Sydney's wayward kicking basically led to a massive increase in points on Hibbard because watching the game, I think he honestly got about 80 points from kick-ins, and then he had about three good runs for the whole game where he like charged up the field. Um, I think he set up scoring assists twice, um, and he had a lot of ball in these um three particular chains but other than that everything was a kick out so um, I think the owners this week were a bit fortunate but hey we'll take what we can get uh, I'm not sure if I was the only one screaming at the TV when either someone else would for some reason take the kick out or for some reason Hibbert just wouldn't play on to himself when he was trying to boot at 60 metres so I think he cost us a few points from those kickouts pistol, but you're right. A lot of points was generated from that. Um, JPK, 102 points this week, 28 disposals. 550k, I don't think he's really in the same breath as the Zach Merritts and the Lockie Neals that are around the same price range. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt, JB. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've left no doubt at all, pistol. Um, and then Max Gorn returned in this one with just the 96. 29 hitouts and 13 disposals, Pistol. Is he as good of an option as we thought? We we don't really see sub-tons from Big Maxi. <laughs> well, I mean, this is a very close to a ton, a 96. Um, I don't think he is bad in any way um, when you said he's not as good as we thought. I think he is as good as we think. Um, he does have a very tough run um, ahead. I guess his next five Ruckman aren't preferable um, opponents, but... Look, it's Max Gorn. He's the best ruck in the competition. Um, I think that's pretty clear. And he's got, he can pretty much score a ton or, or more than a ton on everybody. So most people are trying to upgrade, let's say, um, to Nank, uh, sorry, push Nank to your F6 and get your Gorn in. There's not many forwards that play, people don't have that are going to average 100. So Gorn is just the better option because you're either going to keep Nank in your ruck line and try and get a forward or you're going to shift Nank into your forward line and get a ruck so you may as well get Gorn who's probably going to have a floor of 100 average over the next you know rest of the season um, and his ceiling is way higher than that anyway so I think it's a very low risk um, option and his break even is oh, it's roughly 93 off the top of my head so 
Um, he's he, You could wait one more week if you wanted to just to, to gather the funds, but I think he's certainly a good option um, for the rest of the season. Yeah, definitely. I don't think there can be any doubts as we've all seen what this man can do. And don't pick him at your peril because there haven't been any safe Ruckman this year. And Gorn is, provides that safety that we've all been looking for all season long. And in this game, there was a, um, it was a game of many disappointments. Players not quite hitting where we expect him to. Isaac Heaney, just the 89. Jake Lloyd, just the 88. Newman, 88 as well. I, I mean... We have lower expectations for Newman, but if you've kept into this stage, I assume you hope him to be a keeper and averaging uh, just just over the 95 mark or around it. Clayton Oliver, just the 80, um, and Dan Hanabry, I think is the major one, down to 500k now pistol. He scored 75, just the 16 disposals. Insanity. Um, what, what do Hanabry owners think? And those looking t- towards a potential M9, M8, what are those people thinking? Well, if you're trying to get an M9, I think um, Joel Selwood is probably the person to target first. And if you had to choose between Hanbury and Parker right now, um, that's a tough call. Uh, who would you go, JB? It is a very tough call. I, I mean, I'm a big believer in you, you go with the form. And right now, Parker's got all the form in his corner. I think Hanbury can definitely turn, um, turn the corner on his poor form. But at the moment, Parker just looks like he's going to storm home with... I mean, you said 110-plus would be nice. I think 110-plus is definitely possible. Um, and I think it's more probable him getting it than Hannah's at this stage. So um, Parker would probably be my pick. Would you go similarly or would you go the other way? Yeah, I think um, as well, ride the form players. And yeah, obviously one's in much better form than the other. So um, just go for it if, if you need that cheap... Um, you know, M8 if you're struggling for the cash. Otherwise, um, Joel Selwood is going to be incredibly cheap. I think he's going to bottom out at about 440. So um, there's even cheaper options available. And if for some strange reason you have Jack Viney, he's out for a very long time. If you're looking to trade him this week, Pistol, would you wait on Selwood, even though he's already at a decently affordable price? Would you go straight to Hannah's or would you, like you said, go straight to Parker? They're all very good options around that uh, 10K barrier. Um, I think it depends if you're playing for overall league. If you're playing for league, you can wait and see um, how you're going to fare up against your opponent. If you're going to win, then there's no real rush. You can just grab um, Selwood a week later and a whole bunch cheaper. Otherwise, if you're going for overall, if you have Viney, you definitely have to get rid of immediately. And probably um, if you haven't got like a Neil-type player who's also um, at a kinder price, a cheaper price, um, then probably what he should be. Um, then you could, I guess, you could go for a, for a Luke Parker if you really need to cheap out. Yeah, I don't think he's a horrible option by any stretch of the imagination. On to the next game, it was the Western Bulldogs versus West Coast. And I know you've been interested, Pistol. I did get that first tip right. This one I got wrong, and I was very devastated because Western Bulldogs came home very strong in this game and fell just seven points short. It was it was the Andrew Gaff show. Um, do we even add him into the same conversation as the Parkers and Dan Hatterbreeze? He's only 515k. He scored 128 off the back of 42 disposals. He just never looks like the type of player that is damaging enough to actually score those 130s off of far less disposals. Yeah, the problem with Gaff is he's such an outside player, um, and he's pretty much, he, he. I think last year he averaged something like 32 touches, which is incredible, but he still only managed to have 100 average. It's like when you have that many outside touches, where's the upside? Where's all these extra points going to come to make you a 110 player? Obviously, you'd have to play more inside and get more of that ball, but he's just, he doesn't do that. So being such a large outside player, he's going to have these peaks and troughs, and obviously um, he loves playing against the Bulldogs. He killed them last time as well, and um, he's going to have a good score every now and then, but he's also going to put in some very poor scores. So uh, for me, he would not be considered, I think, for an M8 spot in my team. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, it was This game was a very um, agonizingly short uh, game as well for those for those premiums um, falling just short of the tonne. Elliot Yo, just in the night, or not just the 99, actually a very good score for a forward. Um, and then you look down the list, 
And it's the trio from the Bulldogs that seems to be killing us every second or third week. Dowhouse 87, Bontempelli 85, and McRae 81. So two of them are in the forward line. The other one was averaging 120 for a good part of the season. Marcus Bontempelli, 520k, just the 85 points. What has happened with him, Pistol? If you were an owner, is he someone that you're looking in a similar light to what you were five a few weeks ago? He scored one ton in what I'm pretty sure is five weeks. It's just been in crazy drop in form. No, I don't think I'd trade out Bontempelli. You could definitely get in M9 and, and rotate like a Selwood and a Bontempelli and loophole them um, if, if you wanted to. But I think it's just Bulldogs are down on form. They're losing games. They're not scoring well. Um, I know I said last week... The, the 139 was a good game from Bont, but it didn't show a return of form, and I still think he needs to have a couple of good games in a row before people um, should trade him in. It's just, as if they're not going to win games, all these players can't all score really well every week in a side that's just, I guess, getting thumped. So um, looking forward to seeing Bulldogs bounce back just so that we can see all these uh, primo supercoach uh, players just score well. Yeah, definitely. And if you've got all three of those players that I just named in your team, then you're probably pulling your hair out every second week because they're, they've just been up and down like an absolute yo-yo. The next game, um, sorry, I should mention jo- uh, Jason Johannesson didn't really get a hard tag, but just the 62 points in that one. So um, disappointing for him. I don't think he's super relevant anymore in the um, in the normal format pistol. I don't think anyone's really looking to get him to D7 anymore. No, probably not. Um, just I thought Bulldogs would bounce back harder than this, but I guess I'm wrong. They're just not as good as I had thought they were. Um, if if they looked like they were going to make finals and come home hard, then maybe you could uh, have a sniff at 350k. But really, now when they're just being so average, I'm not sure it's going to be worth the risk or the trade. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think the Bulldogs have fooled a few people with their recent run of form. Um, we'll jump into the next game. It was Crows versus Carlton, and Crows took the chocolates here. A tip that I would have liked to have gotten wrong, Pistol. I see. I just. I know you're infatuated with my tipping, so I'll make sure I keep you updated. <laughs> um, Bryce keeps 142. He's hit 660k, Pistol. Yeah, that's incredible. You could have almost considered him a cash cow in um, recent times. Has gone up that much. He's has a three round average of 150, which obviously includes that 208. Um, Look, if you don't have him, you can't really get him now at 660k. There's definitely better options. Um, just, yeah, well done to that 1.4% of teams that did have him. Yeah, definitely. And just just amazing stuff. I swear, I, I reckon he did this last year as well. Just came home with a, a head of speed, that's for sure. Patrick Cripps, 550k. He scored 126 as well. His handball to kicking ratio isn't um, isn't very pretty for super coaches, but he just gets that grunt ball, goes in, goes under, gets that gets that tough ball. Um, he had twenty nine disposals, six tackles in this one, and a goal. Is he another decent option at the midfield if you're looking for a point of difference? Yeah, no, he's that's a good spot, JB. Um, his last three has gone one twenty six, one thirty four, one fourteen. Um, we do know that he can score well. Last year, obviously, averaging like one hundred and seven. He's only going at one hundred and three. So, um, if he finishes home hard, he could match the output of last year. And he's looking like a player that's going to average one hundred and ten at least for the rest of the year. He last year he also came home hard. So I think um, Patrick Cripps, if it will be a very nice POD for those um, looking for a final midfield spot. Yeah, definitely. Um, Sam Doherty, 122, uh, just as expected from him. Liam Jones, 117 pistol. I bring him up because you've got him in our uh, Dr. Supercoach Keeper League. Are, are you loving what you're seeing from Jones? He's in unbelievable <laughs> form. I actually, I got him as a joke. So I thought <laughs> I needed a team. I said I need a team mascot. So I picked up Liam Jones and <laughs> he is just an unbelievable defender. I think the commentators said... Is he the all-Australian fullback? Obviously, it's Rance. But, you know, come the end of the year, if Liam Jones is going to continue dominating, like absolutely monstering uh, these key forwards, you just you need to think about it. Um, it's crazy. He's averaging 92. Um, he's only 374K as a forward. I would not still recommend getting him in. It is Liam Jones after all. Um but it'll be interesting to see what he averages for the rest of the year, just because for next season, JB, he's not going to play that many games, so he might get a 10 or 20% discount, and it would just be hilarious 
seeing so many teams with Liam Jones, if he can continue averaging 90-plus for the rest of the season. I mean, surely he can't, but the great man Brad Johnson himself, I'm, I'm 90% sure it was him, did quote him as the, A, the most informed fullback in the league, and B, the probable All-Australian fullback at this stage. So I think he did He did follow up with uh, Alex Rance being his centre halfback. So um, I don't think he had him in the conversation, but it just shows how good his form has been. People are taking him seriously as a fullback, and if he's scoring 117 in Supercoach week in and week out, might be time the Supercoach community take him serious, but it's definitely not that time yet. Um, so Mark Murphy, 112 points. He's dipped down to 489k, so it's been a bit of a drop in form from him. I don't think he's the type of player you'd be looking at for the run home uh, in comparison to some of the players that we mentioned earlier, especially uh, the Selwoods of the world. Rory Sloan, Pistol, I mean, this it's a soft, it's a sore point, but just the 90 points, he's 500k now. Could you have even guessed in your wildest dreams he dropped to 500k six or seven weeks ago no he's um doing my head in really at the moment um i was so excited to trade him for that 177 and since then he's gone 89 66 80 and 90 um he's got a three round average of 78 jb i know people saying it's rory sloan 500k break even of 130 you can grab him next week for a bargain at like 480k but you just can't get in somebody that has a three round average of 78 when it's not injury affected and he's just gonna i guess be copying the tag every single week or a team tag effort He's down on confidence, down on form, and I would be staying away from him at this stage. Yeah, definitely. It's it's tough to go near someone that's just been in such bad form. I know we have um, we have memories of how good he was, but the fact of the matter is, in the last month, month and a half, he's just been really, really awful. So unfortunate for those who have him. Hopefully, he does bounce back into form. And those who don't have him, if you're saving a spot for M9 in your team, just start licking your lips, waiting for him to hit that 110 in back-to-back weeks and just jump on him because we all know what he can do when he's um, up and firing. In this game as well, it was Cruiser with the 90. So those who got him in uh, weren't disappointed. 90 is definitely a good score for Ruckman. Greenwood, 84, who just looked sensational. He had a massive last quarter and was a big part of the Crows winning the game. Laird, just 72. So he's had um, a couple of dips in his last few weeks, Pistol, but I don't think we have anything to worry about there, do we? A little bit to worry about, but not too much. I mean, he's still got a three-round average of 92. So, um, look, it's it's a little worrying, but there's nothing you can do about it. It's not like you're going to trade out Laird. Um, if you don't have him... I probably still look to get him in. Um, maybe not as my first target, but there hasn't been too many better options, to be fair. Um, I think most defenders, if I'm thinking of like Robertson and Howe and, and these types of players, all had um, pretty average weeks themselves. So um, he still would be a top defender transfer. Yeah, and it's not often Crows struggle against um, the Carltons of the AFL. So no offense to the Carlton. Crows are a premier team, and I expect them to bounce back, and I expect Laird... Um, and his form to just follow that trend, um, probably as with Sloan as well. But as you said, they're risky picks to, to look at at this time of the year when they're just not in great form. So we'll jump over to the Gold Coast and North Melbourne game, and it was the Tom Lynch show. Five goals won, 20 disposals, eight marks, two tackles even. Back to the Tom Lynch that everyone traded in, but back to 380k pistol. <laughs> He does have a break even of 63 as well. So he's finally, hopefully, I should say, going to rise. Um, it did come out that he had been injured with, um, I think it was a lower back um, complaint for like the last two weeks. But he was meant to have a week off. But as captain, he said, no, I'm not going to have a week off. I'm just going to play. And obviously, his scores showed um, maybe he should have taken a week off. But um, it does explain a little bit. And he was all over this game. And I think... Um, Tom Lynch owners can finally uh, look forward to the rest of the season now, having him on the field. Yeah, and if you're looking to get him in as a bench cover option in your forward line, is he a sneaky chance? I think he's still um, a sneaky chance, especially as a bench option, as you said. Yeah, and if you've got Nanky in there as well, um, he's someone that I'd be trying to look to get into a loophole um, option as well. And it was the Goldie versus Wits show in this one. I doubt it was a show. Not many people turned it on for that. It was probably Gary's uh, 300th that they were turning it on for, who had 114 lazy points, by the way. But Golden Wits, the 100 points apiece, it, I mean, I say this every week, but nobody 
should be ever looking to trade Jared Witt. It just shows that he's definitely a premium ruckman this year. <laughs> no, I was watching this game purely for um, the show between Wits and Goldstein, JB. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think anybody was. But yeah, Wits continues to carry on the good work. I mean, he pretty much scores between 90 and 100 every single week for the entire season. Um, how's this? He's got an average of 94.4, a last five average of 94.8. So yeah, it just peppers the, the 90 to 100 mark. He's given you no reason um, to trade him out. It doesn't have anybody really coming in to share ruck duties with him and he's probably just going to play the rest of the year hopefully uh, no injury and just average right on 95 and that's uh happy as you that's like. a big tick for what he started at price rise at the beginning of the season now mitchell hibbard um played his second game after playing in round one he's finally clocked up the second in round 15 just the 50 points, but if you're looking to get a defensive midfield swing going on, he might be the type of player you're looking at to trade into your midfield pistol. Yeah, he's uh, definitely someone to consider if if he's named next week, especially with um, Witherden from Brisbane, um, pretty much dominating for a rookie. Um, also being a defender, midfielder, eligible, um, just allows, yeah, I guess, cover in both lines just in case something happens. And if they're your last two rookies that you need to downgrade to, that's probably a, a little bit of a bonus. But, JV, I think the main talking point of this game, well, maybe not the main, but one of them, Sean Higgins, down to 436K, put up a 68. Um, how are you seeing him as an upgrade option? Or maybe people should be a, a bit wary about trading him into the, their teams. What do you think, JB? Yeah, so with this 68, he obviously played the first quarter and then had to sit out as it was too unfair to the rest of the the um, the teams on the actual field. So he was dominating it too much. They had to sit him down for a rest and just tell him to call his jets for a bit. But in all seriousness, um, I mean, I wouldn't be trading him in. That's, that's for sure. He seems to have lost that that prime role in the midfield that we that he had at the start of the season and that he dominated the JLT with. So um, without that and with playing a lot more forward time, I don't think he, he should be high up on your target list. I definitely prefer to go to someone like Tom Lynch or Buddy Franklin or, um, I mean, a variety of players. you got your McCrae's and your Dowhouse's and et cetera, et cetera. So he wouldn't be on my radar if I didn't already have the god, but um, hopefully they're just playing for four quarters next time, Pistol. <laughs> he does have a five-round average of 86. So um, I don't think uh, Sean Higgins is is the best option. I think he's going to be on a lot of people's never-again list uh, after this season, JB. Yeah, not mine. So um, we'll move to the GWS Geelong <laughs> game. And this ended in a draw. But this is the game, Pistol, where you missed the big 196 from Dangerfield. More importantly here, well, it's actually not important at all because every man and his dog has him. He's 730k with a low break-even pistol. It's crazy. I think um, a lot of people have asked what the highest price is. Um, I'm not sure what it is, but I do remember Gaz, I think, got to about 760. Um, I can't remember if it was 760 or 780 um, a couple of years ago when he was pretty much averaging 150 for like a, for 10 weeks or something like that. Um, I think Goldie, after his 2-2 win, got to only about the same price Dangerfield is currently. Um, so it would require a massive effort for Dangerfield to break um, Gaz's record. He'd probably need to go above 160, maybe above 170 to get there. Um, but it is possible, JB. So um, going to be watching Dangerfield pretty closely this week. Uh, I might maybe put a, a sneaky VC <laughs> on him <laughs> this week instead of... Oh, Gaz had to place 300th this week and make me all excited. Gee, I got sucked in big time. But he was on 98 at three-quarter time, and he had he doubled his score. He had a 98-point um, last quarter. So absolutely amazing stuff by Dangerfield. 45 possessions, and uh, yeah, congrats to pretty much everyone who had the captain on. In your defense, it's not like Dangerfield was in any sort of good form anyway, so um he wasn't he didn't have a low of 143 in his last month so i can understand why he shied away from him there was definitely safer options so josh kelly made his return in this one and scored 108 he looks like he's going to be a great option next year if he doesn't start too high so we need him to probably slow down at this point and other than that there was a a couple of just no shows um heath shaw took till about three quarter time before he started scoring well only the 85 points 
if you still had Shaw and you had completed your team, and actually let's let's throw Zach to in this conversation as well. If you had either of these lads, is it time to now just get rid of them, get them out of your team, upgrade them to a, an actual premium and uh, ride with them? For example, uh, Michael Hibbard. Oh, look, I'm not really sure how worth, worth it will be. I mean, if you make 10 points per game by that transfer, you've really got to weigh up the, the pros and cons of getting just, say, a, a Joel Selwood or a Luke Parker as your M9 instead. Um Maybe making that trade might net more points if you're loopholing a midfielder every week, especially if you've got someone like Sloan in your team. You could definitely be making more points that way, or a Rockliffe, I should say. Um, so it might not be the best use of the trade, but it is worrying signs that Shaw was on about 40 until three-quarter time, something like that, and then scored all of it just because the game was on the line. I mean, any other game, and he's probably looking at a sub-60 score. So... Um, worrying signs, I guess, for Heath Shaw owners. I'd definitely be keeping a trade spare just in case... Um, you make finals and you want a sneaky uh, tra- trade at the end of the, the year. Um, here's someone that I'd look at getting rid of if you have the, the trade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you took a while to get to that conclusion, but I definitely agree. Um, <laughs> the next game on the list is Port versus Richmond, which, as we all know, also ended in a draw with um, Port getting the four points as well with that draw. Um, it was the Paddy Ryder show again. I did speak about him a little bit last week as an option for Nank of this. I think that's obviously gone um, gone down the toilet now with Nank putting out a good showing as well in this one uh, with 108 himself. But it is an interesting duel day. Um, Paddy Ryder is obviously far more expensive, but if you had Ryder over Nank of this, um, definitely a big tick this game, and um, you could be looking to pocket a few points throughout from now till the end of the year pistol. Oh, yeah, I guess it's it was a good matchup for Ryder given um, Nank doesn't get too many hitouts, and when Ryder does get hitouts, he, he does use it very well. Um, so he destroyed in the hitouts 42 to 28. So I think Ryder was always in for a big score this week. Uh, over the rest of the season, we'll see how they go, but it was at least very good sign seeing Nank, you know, ton up for the first time in ages, and maybe giving us. Uh, a reminder that he might vie for that F6, might not have to push the F7 if he desperately can't. Um, it probably isn't the worst thing in the world. Yeah, it was definitely good to see Nank return to form. Dusty uh, with a 121 in this one, showing that he can be a consistent premium that doesn't score 150 or 80. And Alex Rance has flown way under the radar this year. He's having some clutch performances. 113, he's slightly under 500k. Is he a defender that you'd be looking um, harder at all to, to end out your, your six pistol? <laughs> I think I said, I think it was last week, um, they have a really tough, sorry, a really easy run home, um, and I don't expect them to score too well in the easy matches. I mean, this one was obviously very close, and he did score well. Um, I think he's a good enough option. Um, definitely at, at less than 500k, he's, he's worthy of an upgrade and bringing into your team. Um, I'm just think that there might be some better options um like uh, i still think how will outscore him for the rest of the year but it's really each to their own at this stage because there's not going to be too many points difference between them yeah definitely agree and in this one it was robbie gray still being really really awfully inconsistent with just the 45 14 disposals one goal three it doesn't look like he's back at all. And I did say last week he's a potential sneaky option. He's going to stay below 500k for the year and hopefully be a juicy forward option for us next year, Pistol. Oh, well, I mean, if he's a forward option next year, you're going to be he's going to be scoring these 45s and these 30s, and you might even be able to get him cheaper than whatever he uh, starts at next year as well. So I don't even know if he's a, a juicy starting forward option, but he will be in everyone's team, I'm sure. Um, by the end of next year. Yeah, it's, it's probably a grey area. Oh, I think you were setting that up for ages, and I just had to... What You waited for me to stumble into it. <laughs> Perhaps. Um, <laughs> so, in the next game, um, it was Brisbane beating Essendon, um, which I don't think anyone tipped correctly, to be honest. Um, Dane Zorko in this one, returned to form, uh, wasn't tagged in this one, 30 disposals, 2 goals, 119 supercoach points, so... Those who traded him in a week ago are just very thankful that someone didn't go to him, I guess. And then other than that, it was just the Ryan Bastanak show. 99 points pistol, 20 disposals and a goal, 9 tackles as well. He's been very, very good since returning into the team. Look, um, if you do remember, I think it was week 12 or so, we did say 
you know, you have to consider Basnak as a serious option. And since then, he scored 92, 127, 79, 106. We may have been joking, but <laughs> it still worked out. Um, he may have been listening and, and decided um, he's not going to be the butt of jokes anymore. He's going to be a serious option. He's pretty much made as much money as any rookie in that stage as well, about 100K. So if you did happen to jump on um, Bastanak during that time, then you've done done pretty well, JB. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. I was serious. I genuinely thought he was a good option, Pistol. I should say his scores were um, 71, 22, 92, and 99. I got cut out and I thought I was looking at the correct thing but I was uh, hovering over the projected scores so my apologies <laughs> yeah that would have sounded pretty average if for those who actually follow Bastanak religiously um Hurley put together a 98 he's looking like a very good defensive POD as well Stefan Martin just the 95 but definitely good enough for Ruckman this year it's crazy how our expectations have dropped so much of Ruckman that a 95 or just a 90 plus is a good score um, and then Zach Merritt, the other half of your um, bad weekend, just the 92. And Pistol, having a look at his stats, can you explain how he actually got to 92 in the first place? Oh, let's not go there. It's uh, hard enough. But he um, did get a couple of goal assists, which did um, help his score, especially getting a majority of points in that last quarter when the game was, um, I guess, a bit tighter definitely helped but yeah just not a good game for Zach Merritt I think he tried a, at the beginning some sort of run with roll with Rockcliffe I'm not really sure what he was doing but he was not getting the ball and it did not work and I am um, pretty salty about it so let's uh hopefully he, he bounces back next week with a big 200 um to make up for it yeah I wouldn't be looking forward to a 200 but he'll definitely bounce back with the one 120 plus I guarantee it so with it in this one with 91 points, he's another one that, as you mentioned earlier, um, is just looking like a very, very good downgrade option. Um, do we have any concerns about with it? Is he is he cemented in this team now that he's playing so well? He had 29 possessions in his second game, JB. That's incredible. Not only that, he was taking some kickouts for them, so they obviously trust him a lot if he's going to be um, on those those kickout duties. I think there's no better option in the last maybe four weeks, five weeks, any rookie option. Maybe even, um, I can't even remember the last one that could have been a better option with him. I would be getting him into the team this week. He definitely has the money-making potential. He's got a minus 97 um, break-even. And honestly, yeah, he's probably going to be the best rookie since uh, Greenwood. (laughs) Since Greenwood, definitely. Um, and Tom Rockliffe in this one, 27 disposals, six tackles, um, three marks, everything looks A-OK, and then you see 68 points. What happened here, Pistol? Ugh, I can't really say much. I think it was a pretty unlucky game for Rockliffe, not trying to make too many excuses because his form is ugly. Um, break-even of 138 at 486k. Um, don't think I'd be getting in Tommy Rockliffe until... He explodes. I mean, he could be a very, very good um, M9 just because he's got those that potential to you know go 130 at any stage for the rest of the year. Um, it was good to see that his tackle numbers were back up um, at six. I mean, obviously, it's not up to where he was pre-shoulder injury, but it's been rising every week. And there was a lot of tackles where it was, you know, when two people tackle um, somebody and they give the tackle to the other person and you're like, ah, damn it. Um, that situation happened a lot. So he was right in there, 27 touches. I think um, form is going to come very quickly for Rockliffe. Well, maybe I'm saying that to make myself feel better, but the signs are positive. So I'd definitely be keeping an eye on him and probably don't trade him until you see something, but he's, um, I think he's on Yeah, he's slowly building. Um, all the signs are there, as you said, with possessions and tackles and uh, the rest of it all rising each week he's back. So hopefully his confidence coming up a bit. Um, It's annoying to see him not do well in one of their probably three wins for the season, but um, he seems to do better in losses anyway. So he should bounce back and hopefully he puts together some form to end out the season. In the next game, it was Hawthorne versus your mob, Collingwood. Um, Hawthorne taking the chocolates in this one. Tom Mitchell, 128. Um, There's not many more predictable things than Tom Mitchell and a good score against Collingwood Pistol. Ah. He wasn't even on track for that good of a score, JB, but he kicked two last quarter goals um, when the game was pretty much on the line. 
and he just did it himself. So he deserves that 128. Um, he did absolutely destroy us in that last quarter, unfortunately. Um, but other other players that stood up in this game, Brody Grundy, 105 points. Trelaw, 103, which is okay. It's not the worst um, score for a midfielder. But I was pretty disappointed to see um, Pendlebury in a milestone match, um, which he has shown in his whole career that he's... he's does extraordinarily well in milestone matches. He only put out a 78, which is, you know, one of his worst scores ever, um, or at least in the last five years. I, I don't know what's going on with Pendlebury, but it's been a bit disappointing this year. He's only averaging um, sub-110. It's it's sad. It uh, really breaks my heart, JB. It's un-Pendlebury-like, isn't it? And, I mean, he got the nickname Dependable by being obviously dependable, and he's been everything but dependable this year. So, um, strange scenes from him, really. It's, it's yeah, uh, you can't really put your finger on why he's actually dropped off so much. Yeah, and even, I mean, continuing the point of players dropping off, Taylor Adams, he scored 64. I think he was on eight at half time. This is quite incredible, JB. We should say the AFL record for Clangers in a match was five when he got 13. At half-time, Taylor Adams had 10 clangers. At half-time. I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, no wonder he scored badly. He, his foot skills and decision-making in the last couple of weeks, I said it last week, has been so poor, um, which is why he's been scoring so badly. It's because they're just ridiculous amount of clangers. And he just did it again. Another, he got 11 clangers for the match. I mean, if you're, you're dropping 44 points or even more just by clangers every week, I mean, you're not going to score well. Um, he's got a break even 125. He's probably the cheapest he's been all season at um, 484K. Would I bring him in? Probably, yes, still. Because <laughs> there's no reason why he's just suddenly um, had all these clangers. But really, it's um, very, very, very frustrating watching him play as an owner. Yeah, it's a head-scratcher. And um, just quickly back to Tom Mitchell. I think he's one thirty 30-plus disposal game away from beating um, some sort of record of consecutive 30-plus disposal game. So I think he's on six at the moment, and the record is seven. Or the record is six, and he tied it this week. Um, I wish I actually had that stat, because that would have sounded a lot better if I could say what it actually was. <laughs> but in other words, he's doing really well uh, racking up the disposals. And it just shows why he's only dipped below the ton once for the year. Um, we'll head into the last game, and this one, oh man, if Collingwood didn't rule my tipping week, it was Fremantle against uh, St. Kilda, giving away two goals very, very late on. And it was to Walters, not not scoring the goals for St. Kilda, obviously. Scoring them for Fremantle, he had 32 disposals, six goals to 172 supercoach points. There's not much more you can ask for from a forward. Too bad he's not that much of a relevant player this year. Oh, well, even if you jumped on him um, when he was cheap and when he moved to the, the midfield, um, you probably would have sold him after he scored a 49 and 81, and then you were like, okay, he's made me a quick 100K or so. Um, I'll probably you know ditch him now. But then he's just gone you know 95, 105, 172. He's almost at a price where... I mean, he's, he's at the price of 501k. You can't really consider him, I think, as an option. But he's definitely someone that I think people will be um, potentially looking at next year. It's just absolutely insane. When he gets his game going, I mean, anyone that gets above 30 touches and six goals, you definitely have to consider it at various stages in the in the future. Yeah, they're a rare breed of players, the 30-plus, 6-plus type of uh, category. So um, he's put himself in a very, very... Um, premium range there so hopefully he can string it together next year and be a midfield forward and still play a lot in the midfield like he has been this year um probably a source of why his scoring has uh, risen so much we go uh um we will we move on to Lockie Neal 117 um spent a lot of time on the bench in the fourth quarter again this week um which kind of confuses me I don't know why Ross is doing it he doesn't rest much during the game um but in the fourth quarter they rest him up as much as they can 29 disposals, one goal, and just seemed back to what he should have been last week before he lost 10 points in the last quarter pistol. Yeah, pretty much. Look, his his great option is only 560k. It's probably um cheap for what he should be priced at, averaging 113. I think it's a great option. And he's not even going to go up that much if you can't afford him this week because his break-even is 123, so he'll probably hover um, around the same price. So you can kind of plan and, and grab him soon. Yeah, definitely. And 
23 disposals, 4 marks, 7 tackles, Nat Fife, 84 Supercoach points, and unsighted in the final quarter pistol. What is happening with Fife? Is it now time to finally draw a line through him and say enough? I think that time was ages ago. He's got a five-round average of 89 JB. You can't really carry an 89 averaging midfielder um, just on your field for the whole season. So at 474K, he's nearly parity with Rockliffe. Um, if you have a, you know extra 100K, it'd probably be jumping on somebody like Neil and just banking an extra you know 30 points per game or something like that. So um, yeah, I think uh, if you haven't cut Fife, I think um, you probably should give up now. He's got a break-even of 117. He's only going to keep, I think, declining in price. It's it's not his year this year, but maybe 2018 will be. Yeah, well, it will be a, a discounted price like he has been for the last two, uh, always sucking us in. Such is Fife. Um, Dylan Robertson, 60 points, 15 disposals, um, just didn't ever look like he was going to get involved. Um, he was facing a bit of a, a defensive tag, was he not? Um, I'm not sure, JB. I only caught the last part of the the match and he didn't actually get much of the ball so didn't really see him anyway <laughs> but he's um not been in particularly great form in the last um fortnight i should say he scored an 81 last week so not too worried just yet um but it is something to definitely monitor he's got a break even of 150 so he's also going to be very cheap at probably about 450k or something in the, the next fortnight yeah and and of course sanderland's just the 12 points with the injury that um, earlier report said he was out for the season. I'm not quite sure if that's 100% confirmed yet, Pistol. But nevertheless, I think it's time you move on Sanderlands. Probably for, at the perfect time, Max Gorn. Or, JB, if you want to be completely radical with your trades, would you consider somebody... It. Would you consider somebody Don't like Sean Darcy? 117k. He's played two games um, for Fremantle. Obviously, is there Ruckman? Looks very good in his first game. He he had 80 Dream Team points, but his taps were going everywhere and being sharks. So he only scored 50 Super Coach. This week, um, he had 99 Super Coach, and he looks quite a good player. And if he's going to be the lone ruck for Fremantle, as a cash cow option, a very very late cash cow option, could you do that while still making? decent amount of points because he looks like a, a somewhat decent scorer on your field JB are you saying you'd park him at R2 I'm saying doing something crazy <laughs> if you had Nank as your ruck playing covering that F6 with your Nank and playing um, Sean Darcy for a couple of weeks before uh, upgrading him to, to somebody yeah. just as an extra little cash back cash cash burst I mean I, I can see it being profitable but I definitely wouldn't do it in a ranking situation and the only time I'd do it in a league situation is if I already had top four locked up or if I was versing the two bottom sides in the next couple of weeks before I swiftly upgraded Darcy. I mean, you are right though, a 99 this week, he's shown very good signs and I mean, what's to say he's not the next, I mean, Aaron Sandlands is a bit tough to live up to, but what's to say he's not the next premium Ruckman, so... Um, 33 hitouts. He's obviously elite in his hitouts. Um, as you said last week, they were being shut. But seven tackles for a ruckman as well is is great to see. And I recall a play where they they set up for Neil to run to the boundary line, and he just double handed it all the way out to the boundary line, and Neil dribbled one in. So he definitely is around and um, is included in a lot of their um, a lot of a lot of their premium plays. So I mean, it shows that they have a lot of trust in him, but. I just, it's so risky, Pistol. No, I think um, it's more, it's probably a good league move or if your cash generation is all dried up and you're desperate for, um, to, you know, to finish your team, to complete your team, then I would definitely do it. But if you're um, happy, you know, finish your team this week by getting in gone, I, w- I would do that first. Um, but I know we get a lot of messages about what I should do in my league situation. You know, I'm going to make finals now. I'm already in, you know, what's the best move to make? I mean, this is going to make you money. And you could just get an extra primo or two if you've if you've managed to save trades to this point just by um, getting in Darcy and using that extra. I think he's going to go up quite a lot as well. Um, cash burst just for that finals run and, and getting some um, I guess some PODs for your rivals as well could be a great way to to sweep your league. Yeah, definitely. Um, you're a, you're an outside of the box thinker, Pistol. Um, I think that will just about wrap us up for the round recap and almost for the podcast. As I said earlier, we're definitely uh, we're both a little under the weather pistol, both suffering from a little bit of 
man flu. So do you want to quickly run us through the Cancer Council before we maybe move on? <laughs> um, unfortunately, there was no donations last week, so there's not actually too much to report. Um, so uh, if I'm guessing no one had any donuts, which is great, but um, don't forget if you do cop a donut for now to the rest of the year, you can always donate for donuts. Or if you just like the podcast and feel like donating for charity, it is um, always great to, to receive any sort of donation for the for the Cancer Council, so um, go for that. I think, JB, the, the thing that the talking points this week is pretty much um, should you get in Gorn? Yes. Do you have to get him this this week? No, you can probably wait a week. Um, is he going to be the best ruck option for the rest of the year? Probably, yes. Um, he is the best ruckman, I think it's quite obvious to say, and he is at a nice price as well, given um, you're probably deciding between moving Nank to the F6 and getting in Gorn or leaving Nank as your ruck and trying to find a forward that's going to average more than Gorn. Don't think you're going to be able to find one. Um, so that's probably a summarize up. Get him with it in if you don't have with it in. And um, I think that's it, JB. Just, just really quick recap. Yeah, there. definitely. And as we say most weeks, it's very team specific at this time of the year. So if you have any queries for your team um, that we may not have covered during the podcast, just any, any sort of questions, player versus player, um, should I be making this trade or just sending through uh, just a quick snapshot of your team and saying um, maybe a league matchup that you've got that you're, you're really worried you won't beat. A bit of advice anywhere. Um, you can just chuck it on the Facebook page. Um, leave a comment in the SoundCloud even and me- or email us at... That's your Q pistol. I have no idea what the email is. <laughs> pistol. You don't really? No, not a clue. I think it's D-R-S-C-P-O-D. At gmail.com, gmail.com. Okay, well, we're not going to edit that out. We're going to leave that in because <laughs> nobody's perfect, Pistol. Um, so that's where you can reach us. Um, make sure you leave a review on iTunes. It's very much appreciated. Hit up the Cancer Council if you've enjoyed our podcasting or our live schools all year. And thank you very much for joining me and leaving me, um, leaving me in the dark at the end there, Pistol. No worries. You're, you're welcome. And thank you for joining us, community. All right. Bye.